we're talking all about Doug Ford's More Homes Built Faster Act. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you so much for joining me again this week. It is a pleasure to have you tuning in, whether that is on YouTube, watching me in a video, or you are just listening on a podcast. I appreciate each and every single one of you, but let's jump into it. This week, I want to talk about a bill that has been all over the news. Uh, Maybe because I'm a realtor, I notice these things more, but I've been seeing it splashed everywhere. Articles are coming out like every two hours on this thing. So I figured let's just make a video about it and go through it, try try to put all the information in one spot and then uh, see what happens from there. So this whole bill uh, was basically proposed because Ontario needs to build 1.5 million homes over the next two years. So this is Doug Ford's plan to sort of try and help that goal. Um, I actually put notes on this one uh, because there's a lot of information I don't want to miss and I want to make sure I kept it structured. So, But I promise I'm only going to read this one paragraph and that paragraph is the ambitious legislation aims to address a critical shortage in housing through a long list of bold measures, such as zoning regulations to allow triplex units on lots that are zoned single-family residential. They also want to cut development charges and remove a layer from the approval process for projects with fewer than 10 units. So off the bat, we see that this is sort of like a double-faceted proposal. Number one, it is focusing on the new construction side. Number two, it's focusing on the rental side. So Let's start with the new construction side of this. So essentially, uh, you know, we got to talk about how it's impacting the conservation authority. So this is one of the biggest things with the bill is with the new construction. Part of getting around these zoning regulations and stuff like that and removing layers of the approval process is sort of dancing around some aspects of the conservation authority. So the conservation authority is basically... uh, It's a local agency that protects the watersheds and protects essentially the nature. It's unique to Ontario, this conservation authority. And what it does is if you've ever, uh, if you live in an area and you have green space around you, the reason you have that green space more likely than not is because a conservation authority had a say in it. And when we look at building outwards and expanding the construction in the greater Hamilton area, a lot of it is protected by the conservation authority, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's there to make sure that we don't just put concrete everywhere and sprawl out. Um, However, sometimes it does. They do have land that can be built upon that building on would not have a direct major impact on communities. And that's sort of what the government's looking at. It says that they are looking to work with the conservation authority to identify land uh, that is currently under their protection that they can give up for building. Now, this is why it's getting a lot of heat, this proposal right there. You can just tell from that environmentalists are up in arms, which you can't blame them because it's essentially removing a lot of the protection that the conservation authority has over that. And uh, I mean, if you look at it from one aspect, it looks like, okay, forget about the conservation. Let's just build, 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 build. So I definitely see the negative to that because in my neighborhood, uh, like I live on the Stony Creek Mountain right now. I love it. There's so much green space around, so many trails, and I absolutely love it. I couldn't imagine living in areas without it. But that doesn't mean that those areas were going to lose those areas right away. What this means is they want to build out smartly and target areas that they can safely build and try to expedite the process so it doesn't take as long to get the same result in the end. Number two, we also don't know the financial impact that this is going to have on municipalities. So they're proposing that they want to cut a lot of development charges out specifically for people that are looking to build affordable housing uh, or family-sized units 
for rental. What he wants to do is eliminate a lot of those development charges just to make it easier and more incentivized for builders to build those types of units because developers are always faced with paying heavy fees and all this to get these things built. But if they're trying to build affordable units, what they want to do is obviously build to maximize their pocket. If the fees can be reduced to build more affordable units for people, then that's what they're going to do. Now, a lot of people are mad about it because they're saying, you know, developers are going to get all these breaks. They're going to start building like crazy. What the heck? But at the end of the day, if we need more housing, what other way is there to do it than build more? Right? So, I don't really get the aspect of saying, you know, I get a lot of people saying, oh, you know, Doug and his buddies are going to get rich off of this. And maybe some of his friends will because he's friends with developers. But at the end of the day, if these developers are going to go ahead and be incentivized to provide affordable housing, then I think it's a great option for that. Number three, he wants to eliminate appeals. This is another big part of it. So what this means, third-party appeals, I should specify. So essentially what this means is they're looking at... Uh, when you go to develop anywhere, if you've ever seen a new development site, they always put up the big site plan and people kind of appeal at third party groups, people that want to protect an area for some reason or a neighborhood committee that doesn't want a condo building going near them, they come and they appeal it. What this is going to allow is that tribunal to just deny those appeals and block these appeals and in some cases just not even allow the appeals to come in. So this is going to speed up the process of development, which you know, I sit on either side of the fence with that because I don't believe in some areas, like if you're in a low rise area, I would hate it if these condos just started popping up around me. But at the end of the day, I mean, they're trying to speed this process up and they're trying to give, you know, take power from the municipalities and just sort of go and build, 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 let these developers go at it. Number four, they also touch on how it's going to affect the Heritage Act. So the Heritage Act is essentially, uh, it's an active place to protect homes, buildings, places that could be deemed a heritage site. Like they have a long history in Hamilton, they're iconic, and we don't just want to see them torn down for this big glass box to be popped up. So they're looking at sort of refining those rules to see what should be defined as a heritage act. They be, they're, they're trying to streamline the process. That's the whole theme of this bill. Streamline, make it easy, get things built. So a lot of people are upset about that as well because, you know, there was that story about that soy sauce factory that kind of, I think it was in Toronto, that stopped the development from happening because it became heritage. So uh, they're trying to stop that because you have this prime real estate that could be used for housing that is close to transit. Um, that is not because of the heritage. But there are ways to work in conjunction I think with these heritage buildings, whether it's these old churches or old warehouses, whatever it is, to convert them into residential areas and maybe build something a little more tasteful instead of a glass box. I think there are ways to work with it. And then number five, aimed at not just development, but density. Yes, this is a huge one. I actually love this because the bill is not just targeting building out, which a lot of people are taking that into consideration, but it is talking about density because a part of this, which I'm going to talk about in the next section, but a part of this is building around existing transit. So density, I know we had that vote in Hamilton, uh, which is what people wanted. So this should be happy news that now you can get your density instead of building out, but building more condos downtown next to transit. And this has benefits too, which I'm going to touch on in the next section. Uh, but let's talk about building, uh, Let's talk about now like the rental aspect of it, the, the second part here. So 
with the second part with the building aspect is they're looking at your you being able to build up to three units on a single family zoned property now in hamilton if you're not already aware of it we already have this ability up to two units you don't have to go and apply for a zoning change you don't have to get your house changed from single family to duplex you don't you know because the way it was is if you had a single family home in an area that's zoned single family residential you pretty much good luck getting two units on there now the way that it works with the two units is you can either build in your basement or on a second floor or in a garden suite you can build a second unit for somebody to occupy as long as you follow the building code and go through the permit process which is a lot simpler than trying to go to the city get it changed and it just drags on and on and on and on where you can really now just streamline that process it's been very effective i've seen a lot of them come up for sale they are absolutely fantastic i think it's actually a good way to get away from providing slum housing for people because now it's almost like okay you can do it but you're going through the building permit process so everything that's being done is being done correctly and inspected by the proper parties so they're essentially looking to do this with three units uh, the only way that I've seen it proposed, though, is you have two units in your main structure. So say you have a house, you have, you know, a unit you're, where you live upstairs or a unit upstairs. You have a unit in the basement and then you have a unit in a garden suite, which is either like a garage conversion or maybe a modular home, something like that. But it all has to still fit into the criteria of the building department. So I know right now uh, when I, well, at least at the time of this video, if you're looking to do a garden suite, the distance from the back of the main house to the front of the garden suite is about like 25 feet approximately. It's something, it's in meters, but I always, I don't know, I don't go by meters, just go by the feet. So it's, uh, there's like a certain distance for that. So you can't just buy a house, have a small backyard and jam a modular home in the back of it. You have to still hit that certain criteria. You have to be in from the property lines a certain amount and it can exceed a certain square footage based on the lot size as well. So these are things to consider. So they're not gonna just let everybody run wild and just be like, okay, I'm gonna turn my basement. You still have to go through the proper, the proper processes. Now, I think this is amazing because what this is going to allow is it's going to allow um, more homes, and I guess you could call it, you know, instead of high density, you call it gentle density in low rise neighborhoods. So if you're in a neighborhood that doesn't have any high rises at all, you're just, you're on the Hamilton Mountain, Stony Creek Mountain, Ancaster, Meadowlands, something like that. You don't have any of those big buildings. You essentially, instead of seeing those go up, you have people that are keeping the structure the same and just converting into a unit that could be rented or maybe adding something in the back that could be rented so you're increasing the density of those areas without necessarily impacting the area around it with these large condos obstructing views and all that or you know those eyesores that sort of thing so i really love this and from a real estate perspective i can tell you right now they're talking about this coming in summer 2023 if i'm looking at a property right now to do something with investment wise i'm looking at a house that has that either detached garage in the back single family house with a detached garage in the back preferably a corner lot because you can get that side access through the back but that's what i would be eyeing as well we also don't know what the rules are going to be when this comes out like if they're gonna say okay now you can have three who knows maybe they'll allow that the rear unit can be closer to the house than they're currently allowing like you know i don't know i don't know what they're going to do but i'm just saying there's a lot of great options out there and a long term could pay off quite well uh, and then also talking more about building for the rentals and stuff they want to one of the things that looks good on paper more than just developers is that they want to do more uh, building 
closer to transit to promote transit oriented development. They want to build closer to transit stations. So this is another thing that adds to that where you're not looking so much at building out, but you're looking at building density inwards. And why this is good is because they can actually cut the development charges a little bit because they don't have to now add additional transit. They don't have to pave the roads. They don't have to build transit out there. They don't have to plan for all this stuff. They're essentially just relying on what is already existing and building on top of it, which is a way that I think they're using to streamline it. But that's also going to create a lot of fantastic opportunities for people to commute for work um, and hopefully even increase some of the transit. Like the GO station in Hamilton, I know comes every hour and they're talking about, you know, it's going to be done in Confederation Park, which I made a video about. Go watch it. But the Confederation Park one, maybe it'll encourage them to build more high density around that. So there's just so much going on with this at the end of the day, none of it's been passed. It's all just talk, but there's a lot of great information here. How I feel about the bill at the end of the day. Um, I really like the triplex part of it. I'll be honest. I think that that's something that has been needed in this city for a long time because building more units for people to rent is only going to soften the rental market and bring rent down. Like rent is so high now because there is such a shortage of units out there that people are scrambling to get these units. But if you have more units and you're providing more safe units for tenants, then it's definitely gonna bring the rent to a more balanced state. So that's my favorite part of it. In terms of the development part, I think, you know, I'm not one to say let's trample all over conservation because I know that it's very important and uh, we have to respect it. I think I like the high density part of it, building downtown, building next to transit, that's great. Going to conservation is where it gets a little touch and go for me. But I mean, at the end of the day, we do have to build more and there's, you know, we have to do what we have to do to get those homes, I guess. Otherwise, you know, we run back into the supply demand. And if things, we don't get those units built and rates start to come back down, who's to say we don't end up in the same situation that we did over the last two years with that craziness. So anyways, those are just my thoughts um, of a realtor. I don't know. <laughs> you take it how you want. You probably have thoughts on it as well. In fact, I'd love to hear comments about this. I'm super interested to hear what each and every one of you has to say and what you think about it. If you see me, bring it up because I'd love to talk about it with you and pick your brain. Anyways, I've talked long enough today. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining me week in and week out. And I look forward to talking to you again next week.